0: What is good, everybody? Welcome to episode 17 of The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, and with me, as always, from Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. What's up,
1: RJ? What's going on, Stats? I would not rather spend the last day of 2020 with anybody but you. So I'm happy to be here, happy to be your friend, happy to talk about the NFL with you, and happy that we have made it to the end of the regular season.
0: Well, we host a show together. Let's... (laughs) let's take it slow let's chill on the whole friend thing (laughs) it is an awesome week of the regular season because even though it is the final week we still have seven teams that can clinch a playoff spot with a win we have two divisions that are up for grabs there is a ton going on in week 17 and let's just get into it rj because there's a lot to dive into steelers and browns the Browns are having COVID outbreaks left, right, and center. They've shut down their facility. But here's the thing. There is no way in hell the league is postponing this game because it would delay the playoffs by a week. They'd have to have an extra week. Then everybody would get a bot. It would just be a mess. So I don't care what happens to the Browns as far as COVID. If they have 11 players, I think the NFL would make them suit up and go Iron Man for 60 minutes.
1: I think the NFL is probably thankful that Pittsburgh came back to beat the Indianapolis Colts, and that the Browns also lost to the New York Jets. Otherwise, this obviously would have been a game for the NFL. Excuse me, the AFC North. If uh, if the opposite results had happened, and so the NFL is probably you know just kind of saying, look to your point, stats. I think. I think maybe they would delay it to Monday, right? Like if they had to maybe would get like a Monday, Tuesday game again, and maybe they would delay whatever wild card games that, you know, those two teams wound up being in assuming the Browns win, uh, cause they have to win to get into the playoffs. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, it, it, maybe i'm maybe I had just gotten sort of swept up by the holiday season. It felt like a while since we had had legitimate covid issues um and so i'm I'm also now concerned again not that that really has ever gone away since March um but that in again, talking in the context here um I'm concerned that this is going to be an issue, right? Like the playoff, because we, we've been saying all season long, oh, you know, you're not going to be able to reschedule games when you get to the playoffs and things like that. Well, okay, guess what? We're here. Like the the time you get one shot to pull this off, and it is about to start. Uh, but um, in terms of the game stats, I find this to be, I, I think it's almost more terrifying for the Browns that the Steelers starters are not playing. Uh, I saw a tweet from Bill Barnwell. Um, He said, would there be a more awful regular season loss than the Cleveland Browns losing to the Steelers backups? Mason Rudolph specifically, given the storyline from last year, uh, to keep them out of the playoffs, especially factoring in the whole like Pittsburgh-Cleveland thing. And what was that like? At one point, Ben Roethlisberger had more wins at, at their stadium than any Browns quarterback or something like that. I mean... This is this is really, I think, heavy on Browns fans, and I feel for them.
0: Yeah, and this is why for Baker Mayfield, like this is the no excuse game. I know there's COVID issues on the team, you know, there's injury issues, whatever the case may be. I don't care. Like you have to win this game if you're Baker. This is why you were the number one draft pick. You were picked to be different to end the Browns string of quarterbacks. If you're gonna be that guy then you have to win this game. And, oh, by the way, it's no guarantee that Baker Mayfield's fifth-year option gets picked up. So he could use this sort of notch on his belt to to help push that forward. So there's a lot on the line here for Baker. He has to win this game.
1: I certainly ascribe to the idea that all quarterbacks are going to get paid. You're going to get paid handsomely. If you have sort of defined yourself as a franchise guy, you're going to get market rate. And I think that Baker Mayfield is there. But matters are complicated and we haven't seen this in a couple of years um in that there were obviously a lot of quarterbacks drafted in 2018 so after this offseason to your point stats baker's up for a new contract josh allen who's challenging for mvp this year i know you and blg were high on that case on the oddcast this week and lamar jackson lest we forget somebody who's actually won mvp not to Mm -hmm. mention the fact that dak prescott still has to get a new deal uh maybe you've got a matt ryan type situation whatever the point is there's going to be a lot of money spent at the quarterback position and so if baker wants to be at the top of that pile well you're right i mean he he carries a different expectation as a number one overall pick and and i think he's embraced uh, you know blg said something to you on the podcast that i said to you last week on the look ahead so shout out to me really <laughs> um but josh allen has totally embraced the culture of buffalo right i think that we do forget that Baker Mayfield kind of did that first. Um, he did embrace the let's pull this franchise out of the dump, you know, and I think that that it's, it's not as like visible as the bills thing because they're so loud and rowdy, but Baker has kind of done that. And I do think that that is, you know, the shine of Josh Allen has kind of taken away from that just a little bit. And and if he pulls this off, obviously, you know, it's, it's been, you know, done to fruition, but I am worried about them because, I, I worry that the heaviness and the expectation of this and the Mason Rudolph factor
0: specifically, I can't believe, uh, will will be in their heads. How could it not? Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, it's it's an absolute factor. And the Browns never underestimate the Browns' ability to brown, for lack of a better phrase. I mean, they couldn't get the running game going at all against the Jets. They're going to need that this week against Pittsburgh because I don't have confidence that Baker can just do it himself if he has to just straight up drop back and win the game with his arm. And I don't know, even against you know a lot of backups for Pittsburgh, I don't know if the Browns are going to be able to run the ball that well. So what is the line on this game? And, and we're,
1: we're recording Wednesday afternoon. So these are as of Wednesday, as, as they always are on the look ahead. But it's pretty severe, is it not?
0: It, Cleveland's giving 10.
1: Yeah, I, I think the Browns win, but I will not take that. Um, I, and I actually think, and I know we've, we're the, the story is the Browns. I think this is like the perfect rally for Pittsburgh to, to lock them back in. Um, and I know they, they've already won and gotten off the Schneid in that respect, but, and I know that like Ben Roethlisberger is not going to play whatever, but you know, early in the season, right? It was every obstacle, Pittsburgh just handled it, right? Like, you're going to take away our primetime game, so what? And this is, okay, let's get up. Let's keep the Browns out. Let's make sure they're still a joke. Let's let's get one for Mason Rudolph and then whether we're the two seed or the three seed, it doesn't matter because we get to go back to the three rivers and we get to have a good time hosting whoever it's going to be and we're ready to go. And and I do think that there is merit to the idea that this is kind of their bye week because theirs was a little bit wonky earlier of the season
0: any thought that I'm not going to say they're going to tank but let's just is there any possibility that the Steelers are thinking hey if we don't win this game no big deal the Browns get into the playoffs we know when we have our guys we could shove the Browns around so if they get into the playoffs and we have to face them later we're okay with that
1: I think that's a dangerous game to play and I think it's a super dangerous thing to commit to trying to win and I know you've already kind of protected yourself against that if you're Mike Tomlin and, and that you're benching Ben Roethlisberger and stuff like that the the only example I can ever think of that that this type of game worked and I, I'm sure you'll agree here uh, I will never forget week 17 of the 2007 season when the New York Giants play the New England Patriots in, in an effort to stop the perfect regular season and damn near did it. And that ultimately wound up playing obviously a huge factor in Super Bowl 42. Um, and so in, in that only respect, I mean, the loss was a great teaching lesson in that, you know, we can hang with these guys, whatever uh, for when the time ultimately came. I just don't know that you want to play with fire like that. Like, I, I think that's a really narcissistic thing to do. Um, and like a lot of, you know, right stats a lot of people are like oh tom brady's bucks are angling to be the five six they want to play the nfc east winner they don't want to you know host the cardinals or whoever it might be that is again like it is the nfl like <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about these browns that lost to the jets last week so i mean i hate to stick up for that cliche but uh yeah i i would not do that i would just play to win and see what happens and then you know
0: settle yourself in for next week yeah, I'm not saying that's Tomlin's thinking, but I wonder if that's not going through the minds of some of the Steelers players. It is a 10-point spread, like we said. I think Cleveland's going to win the game, but I don't think they're going to win it by 10. I wouldn't be stunned if Pittsburgh won the game, but I think the Browns will find a way, but it's going to be closer than 10, so I'll take the points. Copycat. All right, I'm down with it. I thought we were friends. Now you're insulting <laughs> me?
1: <laughs> I don't th- the Copycat isn't like an insult. It's just... it's a, It's a true statement. And by the way, we stats does a a bad job of letting you loyal listeners know this. Um, I am well ahead in our pickem. I have a seven game lead on stats, and so just just know that in entering this week that that should be said. Stats like for the for the purpose of objectivity. I also know you're you're not necessarily handling you know things all too well in your survivor you know situation on on the oddcast. So I mean, it is what it is. These are all facts.
0: You know, again. We were friends <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Now you're insulting me and you're just disparaging my football acumen with the picks. It's okay, Stats. I,
1: I'm just, right now I'm channeling um, the spirit of Sean Payton. And so that's where the agitation might be coming from. Because you guys, you you aren't, you aren't on great terms, as I understand.
0: No, we are not. Let's move on, shall we? Eagles, uh, Eagles, not yet. Cowboys and Giants. And I am going to be watching with particular gusto these these NFC East matchups in week 17. Do you know why?
1: I, I mean, I have to imagine it has something to do with the 49ers draft stock. That's, that's what you must be watching or monitoring here.
0: Not draft stock. If the Cowboys win and the Eagles win, that means the 49ers have to go back to MetLife next year to play the Giants. I want no part of that crap field, which destroyed my team's hopes for 2020. So I am rooting hard against that wow. scenario.
1: That is a obscure thing, uh but given that it did derail all of the, you know, levels of joy that you have throughout the fall and winter, I can understand where you're coming from. Uh that is where this game is taking place. Um the Cowboys have played a week 17 game there very recently. Uh 2 years ago that game was uh, a meaningless game for them. They had already locked up the NFC East and were already entrenched as the four seed. But they played, uh, and they won. I don't know if anybody remembers Dak Prescott hit Cole Beasley for a game-winning touchdown at the very end, and that really did kind of jack them up. They went into the wild card round and beat the Seahawks at home. And so I, I have a stat for you, stats. And this just – there are – so, look, for anybody that's not aware, on the Boys is where I live and do my SB Nation work. We obviously cover the Dallas Cowboys. The Twitter mentions on the on the Boys account – not necessarily the most stable place in a football season stats. There are a number of Dallas Cowboys fans, not even trollers like you uh, trollers, trolls, whatever. Uh, there are a number of Dallas Cowboys fans who have said, Oh, the Dallas Cowboys should have never gotten rid of Jason Garrett. People have really what? people that make decisions and are allowed to operate motor vehicles have said this. <laughs> um, the New York giants whose offense is coordinated by Jason Garrett. They have scored three points or less in each of their last four first halves. So the last four first halves of games, and to be fair, Jason Garrett missed one of those games. Um, but generally, this is his offense. They, the last four games in a row, they have gone into the locker room with three points max at halftime.
0: That's hideous. I mean, that's chasing Garrett. I mean, I can't believe it. There are Dallas fans that are that are complaining about that. That's that's insane. It doesn't make any sense. If Dak Prescott was there, the oh god, fans are the worst sometimes. Uh, we should mention by the way that the winner of this game still has a chance to win the division in the NFC East, depending on what happens with Washington in the Sunday night game. The loser is obviously eliminated. And I look at this game, and even with Dak out and all the injuries Dallas has with the offensive line banged up. They should win this game, right? There's no excuse for them to lose this game. I agree with you. I think the Cowboys'
1: offense is starting to gel a little bit, um, and – I am in no way, shape or form proclaiming that they have a, a good defense or even an average defense. However, they are at the very least a more lucky defense. Uh, the Cowboys had their buy after they had played seven games stats. They had forced seven turn, uh, turnovers on defense at that point. So seven through nine games through the last six games, the Cowboys defense has generated 14 turnovers. Now check this out of their last four wins. They have won four of their last six games. The Cowboys have generated 12 turnovers in those games specifically one 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 of them was returned for a touchdown. Alden Smith on a fumble against the Cincinnati Bengals. And one of them led to the end of the game last week against the Eagles. So now we're down to 10 turnovers in their last four wins of those 10 turnovers that the Cowboys defense has forced their offense has scored on nine of those possessions. Um, That is really the difference with this team. There was a point in the season. I forget at this point because I'm so beaten down by the Cowboys, but they went like the first six weeks of the year with like two possessions that began on the plus side of the 50-yard line. So now it's happening with a legitimate level of regularity. Uh, Daniel Jones is a quarterback that's prone to turnovers. So, yeah, I, I think of the two things the Cowboys need this week, I think this is by far the easiest thing to ask for.
0: You just inceptioned me with that turnover stat. I felt like we kept going deeper <laughs> and deeper the more you explained it. Um, but I think that Dallas should win this game. I, I, I'm curious to ask you, because Zeke looked a little better last week. Do you think that we'll see sort of that Zeke that we're more familiar with? Or is he going to be the guy who he's been mostly through this year, which is the guy that's not better than Tony Pollard? I think he is. It's it's worth mentioning. So the bar
1: is low with what I'm about to say. Zeke has eclipsed 100 yards rushing twice this season. Um, the first time was on the road against the Minnesota Vikings, and last week was against the Philadelphia Eagles. Both of those games came off of rest weeks for Zeke. The first was the team coming off of their bye. The second was him coming off of the game he missed against your Niners. And so I do think that the rest went a long way. I think that Zeke's calf was maybe a bigger issue than, than he would let on. Zeke is, you know, for all the you shouldn't pay running backs discussions, which are fair, um, Zeke is a, a really legitimate – Know, warrior, so to speak. He'll play through anything. He's a really tough guy. Um, and so I, I think that you know, we'll see a, a very functional Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and I think it should also be mentioned, this is the fifth game in a row that the Cowboys are going to trot out the same five offensive linemen. And so that has been a big part of even Tony Pollard's success against San Francisco is just that continuity because the Cowboys were sustaining injury after injury really everywhere, but along the offensive line. And that was, you know, to Zeke's credit, and that's why you shouldn't pay running backs. If your offensive line is banged up, you're not going to be that good. And, and that was certainly hurting him. But um, I think... You know, I also think the Giants they, they've got a a sneaky, impressive defensive front, but um ultimately I just I don't think it's gonna be enough. I think the Cowboys are gonna win this game easily. And I think by the with like five or six minutes left in the third quarter, we're all gonna be talking about, okay, all we need is that Eagles win tonight, and uh we'll be all holding our breath all day long.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that the Cowboys are going to win. I'll lay the points. I think they're going to win by more than three. And I think no one's going to be happier about that than Tom Brady, because there is a chance if things broke a certain way that Brady would have to face the Giants in the first round of the playoffs. And we know he does not do well against the Giants
1: in the playoffs. It would be interesting to see that in a non Super Bowl, right? I mean, because this would literally be the first time. Um, it would also be interesting to see Tom Brady against Daniel Jones. I don't know why that strikes me to be super interesting, but um, but it would either. be. <laughs> but um, I I don't know that we have crow to eat on the Bucks, but they they are still so weird. Um, and so I I because it does seem right like the Bucks are going to be the five seed. I don't think that it's any of us are putting it past the Bucks to lose that game, whether it's the Giants or Washington or the Cowboys. Like they they are the only like perennial team in the conference that I do not completely trust to beat the NFC East champion.
0: If I had to pick a playoff team in the NFC to lose two the NFC East champion. It might be Tom Brady. I'm, I might go with them. That's how little confidence I have there. But let's get to the other NFC East game before we take our break. And that, of course, is the Washington football team against the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football. Good news for Washington. If they win, the division is theirs. And it looks like Alex Smith is going to start. So that's obviously good news because he's substantially better than any quarterbacks they have on their roster or any quarterbacks they may have recently cut. So, um, it's funny that while we're recording this, by the way, I have seen a tweet,
1: um, although it is being disputed, but, you know, this is the kind of thing that happens. Apparently, according to this one random Twitter user, the Denver Broncos are the favorite to land Dwayne Haskins. Where he ends up will be interesting. That's a whole
0: favorite. That implies there's more than one team. <laughs> well, I mean, nobody wants him.
1: Um, again, it seems like it was a tweet from a bot. It just caught my eye. Sometimes that happens. Um, so you mentioned it looks like Alex Smith will start. We are recording on Wednesday. He did not practice. Now, that might be a let's just, you know, minimize the amount of work we have to put him through. Um, but I I mean, I don't know what to make of that situation. Like, let's say there is legitimate doubt within Ron Rivera's mind that he's going to play. Like. I, I mean, I get that Dwayne Haskins certainly did a lot of things that justify his release, but how can you feel that confident that Taylor Heineke is the, the best option? And, mo- like, I honestly don't think even if Alex Smith plays, I-, I mean, this Eagles team, I know they just got roundhoused by the Cowboys. A lot of good teams getting roundhoused by the Cowboys lately stats. I know um, you know that. <laughs> but um, I just, again, maybe, maybe I've gone full homer with the Cowboys winning three in a row. I don't see how this Washington team beats Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts' skill set, I'm not saying lends well to Washington's defensive front, but he can survive that. We, we've seen Jalen Hurts play. The New Orleans Saints brought one of the best defenses in the NFL to Jalen Hurts' house, and he had his way with them. I know that you also
0: Stats is scoffing at that. Any Saints love is is impossible for you. Accurate. Um. I don't know. I, I think that Washington, look, when I think of their head coach for the first time in forever, they have an adult. Ron Rivera is just an adult at head coach, which they haven't had there. He's a really good defensive head coach. I think that they're going to have their way with Jalen Hurts. You know, he's, he's mm. inexperienced. I think that Washington's going to pull this thing off and that's not a knock on Hurts. Cause I think he's, he's certainly interesting to watch. He makes the Eagles fun, but it, there's no shame in saying, Hey, when you're a rookie, You got to take some lumps sometimes. And in a week 17 game in a winner take all game, I think there's going to be an intensity that he's maybe not used to in the NFL. And I think Washington finds a way to get it done. So I do
1: think there's something to what what is the trope? Maybe maybe I'm maybe only I think this, but what is the constant trope about Washington's defensive line specifically? I don't know. <laughs> that they're like it's basically the Crimson Tide defensive front, right? Like they drafted all those dudes from Alabama. This is Jalen Hurts' opportunity for revenge. You're gonna pick Tua over me? Fine, I'll take my talents to Oklahoma and I'll beat all your fancy defense to alignment when I get to the NFL. And uh, look, I don't know if you know the stats. Jim Schwartz said this was a no hat game for the Eagles. All right, so clearly they're not gonna let this slip through their fingers. What the Uh,
0: hell does that
1: mean? uh, I mean, again, this is really silly, but um, Jim Schwartz said this was a no-hat game and that they refuse, or their mentalities, they're refusing to allow another team to get the proverbial division championship hats and T-shirts and celebrate by wearing them on their field, in their house. You don't do that. You don't go to the link and get your hats and T-shirts. You go to the link, you catch that L, and you send the hats and T-shirts down to Arlington, Texas. Or rather, New York City. Or rather, uh, East Rutherford. Goodness gracious. Uh.
0: I'm so glad Jim Schwartz is not a head coach anymore. Let me just say that. Do you think that another game from Jalen Hurts, another good game, closes the book on the Carson Wentz Philadelphia Eagles chapter?
1: It's funny that you asked this, Stats, because we are recording on Wednesday, which is December 30th. Today is Tiger Woods' birthday, uh, turns 45. Today is LeBron James' birthday, turns 36. And today is Carson Wentz's birthday. So you just kicked the guy on his birthday. Way to go. Um, I think that that has already been determined. Um, and if if I was a decision maker within the Eagles, and I know BLG got into this on the podcast and over at BGN Radio, the report that came out before week 15. That would have been the last straw for me if I was Eagles brass. The, the, the idea that, dude, you seriously couldn't even just like handle not being the starter for a week to the point that you had to leak all this out. Um, I maintain that the Eagles are very wrong and have been very wrong. Um, and I have an analogy here, Stats. I'm curious if you agree. Um, you know who Carson Wentz is? He's Mark Sanchez. That's who he is. A uh, guy who, who had a high level of success in a very visible market, green and white colored, and had a head coach that made the decision, or I forget the head coach part of it, but had a team that made the decision to bring in a very visible backup quarterback when his status as the starter was somewhat shaky. The New York Jets brought in Tim Tebow that did not help Mark Sanchez at the time, and bringing in Jalen Hurts certainly did not help Carson Wentz at the time. It's not the most accurate analogy in the world, but I thought of it the other day, and I wanted
0: to run it by I like it, except for the fact there's one huge difference between Mark Sanchez and Carson Wentz. Mark Sanchez had his success in the playoffs. Carson Ooh. Wentz cannot say that. Mark Sanchez had a playoff year. It's his birthday. He, wow. Well, it's, look, these are the facts and they are not in dispute. The facts are that Mark Sanchez had a year where he beat Tom Brady and Peyton Manning in back-to-back weeks in the playoffs. And Carson Wentz can't get on the field or stay on the field in a playoff game. Where is the lie?
1: It's not a perfect analogy, but they're analogous to each other. An- analogous? I've never understood analogous. that word. But whatever. <laughs> they're they're similar to one another in that respect. Um, but I, I think that – I don't know if Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2021, but I do believe that Carson Wentz is not on that roster. I've been saying this. I think either Carson Wentz or Zach Ertz, one of those two dudes is playing for the Chicago Bears in
0: 2021. Wow. I mean, I know that – the. There's a lot with Wentz's contract, and it's going to cost a lot. But I I don't know. I kind of agree with you. I think that you can't bring him back next year. I think they want to move on from all this quarterback controversy, so to speak. So we got a little time before that plays out, though. Is this the last game that Doug Peterson is the head coach
1: of the Philadelphia Eagles for? No.
0: No. Because I think the best argument for Peterson is, I do my best work when Carson's gone. So, see, like, all these –
1: okay, back to Cowboys fans – Cowboys fans are like, oh, the Eagles are just going to lay down and hand this game to Washington because they don't want to help the Cowboys out by winning the division for them. Cowboys fans are very special people stats. Um, (laughs) But... So to to that point, though, this could be like Doug Peterson's record without Carson Wentz is well on record, right? Like we've discussed it a thousand times. But this could be this ultimate, look, man, my team was crap. We were awful. We were terrible. But there was a team who came to our house with a chance to win the division. And guess what? Whoever my quarterback was, it was not Carson Wentz. I found a way to get it done. Jim Schwartzy, he said it was a no hat week. And I made sure there were no hats at the link. I, I think like Doug Peterson could maybe not keep his job, but put an exclamation point on keeping his job. And maybe that in itself also is like the final push of Carson Wentz out the door, because I, I do believe and I think you agree in no way is the trio of Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman back together next season.
0: Agreed. At least one is gone. I, I just think, yeah, it's time for a change. I think it's, that's going to be recognized in the offseason. And to me, you can't get rid of Peterson when he's won a Super Bowl for you and he did it without Carson Wentz. And the biggest move you could make is possibly moving on from Carson Wentz. We are going to move on. We've still got a couple more games to go. And I got a little tease for you, RJ, because Matt LaFleur, Packers head coach, which is the next game up, is trying to do something that only one other head coach in the history of the National Football League has ever done before. I'll tell you what it is when we come back.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate
0: Welcome back to The Look Ahead, part of the SB Nation NFL show. Shame on me. I should have mentioned this before, but please rate, review, and subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. If you're a fan of the show, if you listen every week, please take two minutes and write a review for us and, and give us a rating. It really does help. We really do appreciate it. Plus, we will read it on the show, and RJ, maybe will read it in an accent. I don't know. That's, ooh,
1: I, uh, I could do it in Spanish as well. Um, so, you know, vamonos.
0: <laughs> well done. <laughs> okay before we went to break i said that matt lafor is trying to do something that only one other head coach in the history of the nfl has done before you have no idea what that is i don't but i um i would like a clue and i want to guess not
1: the accomplishment but the head coach
0: well you know who i cover for a living right jim tomsula that's who it is (laughs) (laughs) It's just mean to bring up that name how
1: dare you well, first of all, Jim Tom Sula is in a position in his first year with a club to win a division title. So he got away from the dysfunction that was in the Bay Area. But I'm going to guess it has something to do with um,
0: some- something Bill Walsh accomplished.
1: That's my guess.
0: No, see, that's the thing. It's not George Bill Seifert. Walsh. It's
1: a George Seifert thing.
0: Correct. It's George Seifert because Matt LaFleur, if he wins, will go 26 and 6 in his first two years with the Green Bay Packers. There has only been one other coach to win at least 26 games in his first two years in the history of the NFL. It is George Seifert, who, by the way, went 14 and 2 in his first two years with the 49ers and won a Super Bowl.
1: That's true. Um, this kind of is a Bill Walsh thing because all George Seifert did was handle Bill Walsh's team. Also, shout
0: out to George Seifert, who traded Charles Haley to the Dallas Cowboys. Was it Bill Walsh's team when Seifert won the Super Bowl in 1994? Was when it the Dallas Cowboys what- in the NFC title game? Was that, See- was that Bill Walsh's team?
1: Are we going to play this game? Because, like, was it, was it Barry Switzer's team that won at the following year or was it Jimmy Johnson's team? You're know I'm saying? We all know these were Bill Walsh and Jimmy Johnson's team stats.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing. Seifert won a Super Bowl with Walsh's team, I agree, in his first year. But then he won without Walsh's team. Barry Switzer never did that. I suppose that's fair. You can't um... even compare Barry <laughs> Switzer. Give me a break, Barry Switzer. Get out of here. Thank you for Charles Haley,
1: George Seifert. Thank you very much.
0: Anyway, we are wildly off topic because I had to jam that in there. It's Packers, it's Bears. Green Bay can get the number one seed if they win. The Bears have to win to make the playoffs. So there is a ton on the line in this game. And BLG said it on Tuesday, and I thought it was the perfect phrasing. The Bears are experiencing a false positive right now with Mitchell Trubisky and the offensive success that they have had in the last month. They've scored 30 points or more in four straight games for the first time since George Hallis was the head coach there. And I am not buying it, RJ.
1: Everything... I'm, this pains me because my dog, who has barked at times in our show and during Monday Football Monday and during our blog on The Voice shows, his name is Bear. So he has like a level of of, of obvious obvious pride in the Bears. Um, but they're such a, a fake, you know, franchise. Um, have you ever seen stats? The GIF. I don't even know what you would have to search to to yield it. But it's a GIF of Mitchell Trubisky, like after he has scored a touchdown. And he's like looking at the camera and he does like a like a rage scream, you know, like he's they're, they're, like he's experiencing like adrenaline. But but it's it's not like he runs into the end zone screaming, right? Like he's he's full force energy. It's like he runs into the end zone just kind of casually, like his facial expression. And then it's just like he goes from like zero to 100 where he's super calm. And then he's like, ah, and and so it's it's like an incredibly fake like experience of an emotion to me. And that's who the bears are as a whole. Like that gift completely describes them. Um, I, I kind of believe, I believe more in the bears um, than I do. I I believe more that the bears can win this game. than I think the Browns can beat the Steelers, honestly, Um, because I think the bears are, I I've made an analogy before. um, And the 2017 Jaguars kind of birthed it for me. You know, like in a cartoon where a, a baby is on like a construction zone, and the baby's like, and there's like an adult or like Tom, like Tom and Jerry is like chasing the baby. They're super like worried for the baby, and like the baby sees like a butterfly and it bends down because the butterfly's there, and like a beam swings over and like would have hit the baby, but the baby's just like, and then the beam hits Tom because he's the cat and he's all nervous. The baby is so like unaware of its dangerous surroundings, right? and that's the bears <laughs> like they have no clue where they are and so they kind of are able to play with reckless abandon on accident if that makes sense and so i think that that they, they are in are in that stage of nirvana and so i could see them beating the packers but the packers still winding up with the one because I, I don't know that i believe in seattle or new orleans i think i think green bay is by far the best team in the conference maybe even the nfl um but but this 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 is a weird bears team
0: I think the Packers are going to dominate the in this year. <laughs> Like, I don't think it's even going to be close. First of all, Rodgers wants the number one seed. He's talked about he talked about when the 49ers beat them about how if the Niners had to come to Lambeau, it would have been a different game, and how he really thinks that he said eventually we're going to have playoff games at Lambeau, and how he thinks that you know they're going to roll to the Super Bowl. Well, he's going to have them now because I think they're going to dominate. He is nineteen and four in the regular season against the Bears if you don't count that one game where he broke his collarbone in, like, the first series of the game. He has thrown 51 touchdowns against 10 picks against Chicago. I think they're going to dominate. They put up 41 against the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky earlier this year. How many home games in December does Aaron Rodgers lose? Give me Green Bay. I'll lay the five points. I think it's going to get U-G-L-Y ugly.
1: Let me be clear. I completely agree with your assessment that the Packers – will probably dominate this game. I just the Bears are a weird team and it is too predictable of an ending to this in- incredibly unique and extraordinary season for the the Packers to just wipe the Bears because they're that much better, right? Like that, you know, it doesn't end that normally. And so I I like I'm I'm only willing to I don't even want to say give the Bears a chance, but I'm only willing to just put a question mark around this game. Because it's the NFL and 2020 is weird. And so I I do want to say this on the record. I think the Packers... Are the largest threat to winning the Super Bowl? I think that they are, and I said this on Monday, Football Monday, much to the chagrin of Pete Sweeney. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are by far the most talented team in the NFL. But I think the Packers' level of domination is just so much more consistent. They don't have these, you know, topsy turvy, you know, crazy ending, you know, playing down to their competition games that the Chiefs do. And so I think the Packers' path to, you know, Aaron Rodgers' second Super Bowl is the most uninhibited. And I think they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. I think the Super Bowl. I want to watch the most, honestly, is Packers-Bills, which is kind of crazy to say.
0: I agree that the Packers have the best path because the NFC is just not as strong as the AFC. I mean, clearly. And barring you know a massive quarterback shift, I think we're going to be able to say that for the next few years. But I'm not willing to say that the Packers are, you know, the biggest threat to the Chiefs. I don't think they are. I think maybe the, Bear, uh, the Bears <laughs> the might be. Well, or... yeah, because they play them first, sure. Yeah. Or they would play them first, yeah. So... Just so we're clear on this game, you think the Packers are going to win. You're going to lay the points, but you're sort of trying to cover yourself by saying this game might be weird. I think the Bears are the only team in the NFL that could have
1: the exact type of success to mystify themselves into thinking that Mitchell Trubisky is worth bringing back. And like, what what is the like crowning achievement of that process? It's beating the big, bad Green Bay Packers, you know, in week 17 with the playoffs on the line. Because even the most, there are undoubtedly, I know our friends at Windy City Gridiron, there, there are ardent Mitchell Trubisky opposers that are Bears fans and Bears supporters. But a win against the Packers would go a long way at softening that stance. And when he ultimately signed the one-year $32 million deal in April, everybody would be like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. But you know who this is? I said this on Monday Football Monday, too. This is 2015 Ryan Fitzpatrick. Remember when he held out after that season because he played so well for, uh, with Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall? And then predictably, the Jets were awful in 2016. And that's what's going to happen here. People are going to say, oh, he he was just humbled by the benching. And, you know, he came in, he you know, this is Mitch. This is who he's always been. He just needed that, blah, blah. And, and then Allen Robinson's going to come back and and convince himself that it's, it's different. And no, it's not. Get away from there, Allen Robinson. You're too good. But. That's, that's all I'm willing to say is that this is the the final piece. This is the final infinity stone to keeping Mitchell Trubisky in
0: Chicago. And that feels destined to happen. But the Packers will destroy it. Well, first of all, I applaud you for making an Avengers reference. So I do appreciate that. But it looks better for Ryan Pace if Mitchell Trubisky signs another contract. Also, yeah. because he drafted him. So we will see there. That is, I would love it. I root for an NFC team. Great. Bring back Mitchell Trubisky to the Bears. That's one less team I will have to worry about going forward. And speaking of the NFC, the last game we're going to take our deep dive in, Cardinals and Rams, and this one looks a lot less attractive now because it looks like it's going to be Kyler Murray against John Wolford.
1: I thought BLG had a great point. This is a great cross week here at the SB Nation. Are we just going to reference everything (laughs) other sports have already done? I, well cuz like we have a lot of smart people and so I thought that BLG made a great point in saying that this is like a lose lose game for the Rams because if if John Wolfer looks good what like what does that mean?
0: Nothing. <laughs> like you know what I mean? It like, means nothing.
1: It accentuates the idea, the fair idea, the fair take that Sean McVay is the the greatness with the, within that organization and that Jared Goff is holding his his brain back. And yeah, so is there any
0: doubt of that now? Do we really no. need John Wilford
1: play well to know this? No, but we just talked about how there are people out there who still support Mitchell Trubisky of all people. Like there are people who who support Jared Goff, and so like this would wave over them. And so I I don't know that that you you want this. I mean, and I, this is also like this is the fraud bowl, and that Jared Goff is the fraud, and the like team that represents Jared Goff is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, And so like, I kind of feel like neither of these teams really deserve to be in the playoffs, but one of them is going to be in, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really awkward. I think it's good that Kyler Murray is going to play cool. Um, And, and, if and when they do win, and I'm taking the Cardinals, by the way, um, there will be all this talk about how, you know, Cliff and the experiment worked out well. People will continue to drag Josh Rosen.
0: I mean, so that won't be fair, but it will be a take because the Cardinals will be a playoff team. The winner of this game is in, and if it wasn't bad enough for the Rams, Cooper Cup is going to be out now because he hmm. was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. So you, I feel like you have to take the Cardinals, which – I'm, you know, we were just talking about Trubisky and the Bears as a Niner fan. Great. Stick with Cliff Kingsbury. I love it. That guy couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. He is terrible. All right. If he didn't have a fantastically talented quarterback in Kyler Murray, he wouldn't even be close to the playoffs. He is so not a good coach, but he's playing the Rams. It's the backup quarterback. There's no number one weapon for the Rams. So yeah. Cliff Kingsbury is going to get a win, and I think the Cardinals are going to go into the playoffs, where they will promptly get smashed and be out in the first round.
1: Going to the playoffs is going to the playoffs, and nobody's mad about it ever. And you know, especially a team like the Cardinals that has has had its struggles the last few years. But do you really like? Do you really like pound your chest if you're a Cardinals fan and you win this game? You know what I mean? Like, it's cool. (laughs) Like, like I, I still think like the the crowning achievement of the Cardinals organization over the last. Five years. The best thing that has happened to the Cardinals since the Larry Fitzgerald crazy play against the Packers in overtime, the division around five years ago, was the DeAndre Hopkins touchdown, the game winning one. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Like, the the Cardinals are this team that, like, you know, pops up every now and then, like, holy crap, what a play. And then you forget about them. Like, and I hate that because I I want Kyler to be awesome. And I, I think I even want Cliff to be awesome. But I mean, it's just, it's this is a weird like consolation game and so it this is a game like
0: who can postpone their season ending by one week that's all it is right and because we don't know let's say the rams somehow win this game is jared goff gonna be back for the playoffs i mean he broke his and dislocated his thumb and had to have surgery so you know i don't expect him to be running out of the tunnel willis reed style lamar jackson style after a poop break to come and save the rams
1: do you know how many game stats the Cardinals have won since the Bills game I mentioned? Two. They have won two. Do you know who they have come against? Uh, no. They beat the New York Giants, and then they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. So their two wins since that moment have come against two teams, are potentially the, the third and fourth place teams, from one of the worst divisions to ever live, and one of them ha- featured a quarterback making his first road start in his rookie season, uh, in Jalen Hurts. And so, like, yeah, like I mean, like, and I do think this is this is more like a grand point. How many uh, how many teams could you say like, well, who have they beaten? You could um, honestly say that about every team in the NFL. The, the, the league this year is super top heavy. It's like the Packers, Chiefs, and Bills, and then everybody else is like, nah. Eh, you know what I mean? Like, it's a weird year in that respect.
0: Yeah, I, and I am I definitely fall victim to that. Who have they beaten? And you, that's unfair sometimes, and I'm guilty of it. But in this case, for the Cardinals, I think it's totally fair, totally accurate, even though we're both taking them to win this game because of the sorry state of the Los Angeles Rams. All right, RJ, before we go, we cannot leave Week 17 without the last regular season lightning round. First up, Atlanta and Tampa Bay. The Bucs are giving six I don't really believe in Tampa Bay, but if there's one team I know that's going to muck it up, it's the Atlanta Falcons.
1: I agree. I thought for a moment about taking Atlanta. Respect
0: on making it respectable against Kansas City,
1: but nah, this is Tampa Bay, and this might be their last win of the season.
0: I agree. I will take the bucks and lay the points. Jets and Patriots, and this is amazing, a Jets-Patriots Week 17 game where nothing matters, but it, nothing matters for both teams because they're both missing the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and... There are some takes flying around now because the Jets have won two in a row and the Patriots look so bad on Monday night. Like, ooh, watch out. The Jets, they're locked into the number two pick. They're going to – no, no way. This nope. Bill, Bill Belichick has way too much self-pride to lose to the New York Jets, even all things good that are going on
0: with the Patriots. 1,000%. Belichick loves beating the Jets. And uh, farewell, Adam Gase, because this is his last game as HC of the NYJ. Next up, Vikings and Lions – Are the Lions even going to show up for this game?
1: Because they didn't last week. This game hurts my soul. I have believed in the Vikings so much this year, and it has burned me. I'm going to pick them one last time. Just because the Lions are, like, if, if it, like... I would honestly believe it if there was this report, like, yeah, half the Lions players have already, like, packed up their loggers. You know what I mean? Like, this is the get-out-of-dodge game for Detroit. And so Minnesota will win this game, and then there will be all the talk about how they had a really nice Week 17 showing, and they're going to be a better team in 2021. And I won't believe it. I won't be a fool next year, I promise.
0: Minnesota's favored by 6.5, but a little bit of sad news in this one. Gavin Cook's father passed away, and he is not going to play in this game, as you could easily understand so you know that's a factor when you're deciding on where you're going to go in this game certainly our condolences and, and our thoughts
1: and prayers are with Dalvin Cook and his family uh but I still believe in the Vikings more than I do the Lions
0: thousand percent and keep Matthew Stafford healthy so he could be the quarterback of my 49ers <laughs> next year Baltimore and Cincinnati if the Ravens win they are in but we've seen the Bengals can be feisty RJ
1: no they they can, fine, um, but not against this Baltimore team. This, this Baltimore team has found itself. Des Bryant has caught a touchdown two weeks in a row. And this is, if, if the Bills are, are hot, but they're not ascending. Like they've, they've already ascended. The Bills are just riding that hotness. The Ravens are on the ride up. And so that is very exciting to consider as the playoffs begin. The line is huge here, but that doesn't scare me. I will take the reigning MVP. I will take the Ravens. And I want Des to get in the end zone one more time. Baltimore
0: minus 13. I will take the Ravens and lay the points. I agree with everything you said. They finally know who they are, and they are not afraid to let Lamar run. And as long as that happens, Cincinnati is not going to win that game. Next up, Miami and Buffalo. Miami is into the playoffs with a win. We don't know if Buffalo is going to play their starter. Sean McDermott's playing that very close to the vest. It might snow in this one, and Tua vailoa has never played a game in the snow in his football life.
1: I think it is the ultimate underdog thing to go back to the Bills culture to be the first two seed to ever not have a bye because that is what would happen here with the Bills win. Um, I w- I hope it works out for the Dolphins. I want to see them in the playoffs. I think Brian Flores is coach of the year, um, but but I'm I'm not betting against the Bills. Uh, but by the way, my fantasy league of record, uh, the title game came down to Josh Allen and he delivered for uh, for one guy in question, and so um, it was a fun week around my WhatsApp.
0: Great. Nobody cares. Bills are favored by (laughs) one and a half. I'm actually going to take the Dolphins in this one because I think McDermott is not going to give his starters full run for the whole game. Miami needs the game to get into the playoffs. so I'll take Miami. Next up, Seattle travels to to San Francisco to Arizona to play the 49ers. The Seahawks can still get the number one seed. If the Packers lose and the Saints lose and Seattle beats San Francisco, they would be the one seed in the NFC.
1: Kyle Shanahan's doing some great bluffing this week. No, no. Jimmy Garoppolo. He's awesome. He's definitely going to be my quarterback next season. Okay. Sure thing, Kyle. We all believe you. Um, I will take Seattle, although I, they are fading fast. Um, the Jamal Adams performance has been impressive, certainly, but it has just not. not like it, it's, it's been in a vacuum impressive, but, but it, hasn't, it hasn't made them the monster I think we thought it would make them. It's just made them very good in a very particular way. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm concerned about Seattle's long-term future in the playoffs here. I do think they'll win this game, and I do think they'll cover.
0: They are favored by five and a half. Can I just say real quick on Jamal Adams? He's the St. Elmo's Steakhouse of safeties. St. Almo's is a Ooh. steakhouse known for their shrimp cocktail. Jamal Adams is a safety known for sacking the quarterback. Like, it doesn't make any sense. That's not what you're supposed to be famous for, Jamal. So, like, yeah, you're good at that one thing, but that's not really your main job. I think that that's
1: a great comp for that. Um, so shout out to my friend, my friend, Stats, uh, for pulling that off. But but yeah, but you know what? It's, it's like it's destined to happen at this point, Stats. Jamal Adams is going to have like the game-clinching sack forced fumble in a
0: playoff game because of what you just said. So well done. So I will take Seattle to cover the spread in that one. There's no way C.J. Beathard has two good games in a row. Jacksonville and Indy, the Colts need a win and help to get into the playoffs, but they did lose to Jacksonville in week one. And and just so you know, R.J., the, the Colts are not going to show the scores of the other playoff games <laughs> in the stadium as if the players all don't have cell phones and won't be able to figure it out. Yeah,
1: um, I love Frank Reich, uh, but this is... Okay, fine, guys. I do think that this is maybe Matt Eberflus's last home game, or last regular season game, rather, uh, with the Colts. I think he's maybe a head coach in this new cycle. Um, I do think the Colts will win, um, but I the line is just so gigantic here. I, again, agree with BLG. I think the Jaguars, now that the number one pick is locked and loaded, they can't damage that anymore. I think there's a level of pride. I think there's a level of joy, of overall exuberance, and I think that Jacksonville covers, but ultimately loses
0: I will take the Colts. They are favored by 14 points. I'm going to give up the 14 points. Mike Glennon is starting in this game. There's no James Robinson for the Jags either. I'll take Indy, especially coming off that just dreck we saw from them last week. Hopefully they bounce back and get it together. Tennessee and Houston. This is another game. The Titans can win the AFC South with a win. They need a bounce back after getting schmopped by the Packers on Sunday Night Football. And yes, that's a word I just made up. Tennessee is favored by seven and a half. I think you also
1: made up direct, so you're on fire lately with uh, the vernacular. But I will take the Titans, and uh, you mentioned the tragedy surrounding Dalvin Cook. Not that it was supremely likely, but he could have caught Derrick Henry in the rushing title race this year. Um, he's obviously not playing, so that is not going to happen. Derrick Henry going to lead the league in rushing two straight years. Do you know the last running back to do that stats?
0: Curtis Martin?
1: No, a little bit more recent than that. LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006
0: and 2007. So congratulations to Derek Henry. That's a bad guess by me. That's a terrible <laughs> guess by me. Are you taking Tennessee? I am. I will take Houston to cover. I don't think they're going to win, but I will take the points and Houston. Vegas and Denver is our next game. And here's my question for you in this game. Vegas is favored by two. Is this the last game for both of these quarterbacks with these current teams?
1: Oh, that is a great question from my friend, Stats. Um, I think it is. I think that it the time to worry about John Gruden, if you were somebody who was being inordinately patient, is certainly now. Um, I do think some weird things have happened to that organization, like last week's loss to the Dolphins. But um, this is... They, they aren't... Like, Purgatory doesn't even sum up the Raiders well enough. And the Broncos have been there for a while. So this is, this is just two teams, right? Like, this is, you know, this is yep. like... This is like the 6 a.m. Premier League game, you know, that you're like, I'm not getting up to watch that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'll just watch Goal Zone and they'll tell me uh, I, I will take the Broncos because I think, um, well, I think I've seen uh, a team that has Rod Marinelli, at defensive coordinator and Jason Witten, at tight end
0: collapse late in December. And so I'm sick of it. I'm going to take the Raiders just because I think Derek Carr is better than Drew Locke. I don't love anything about this game. Like, this is just like two spare teams. Like, we need two teams to fill out the schedule. All right, let's get the Raiders and the Broncos to play. I will not spend a second watching this game if I had any control over it. Kansas City and the Chargers, and it is no Patrick Mahomes in this one. It is the Chad Henney show, RJ.
1: I don't care. I I thought it was interesting that Pete Sweeney took the Chargers. Um, I know that obviously LA's favored. I don't care. I really don't care at all. I will take Andy Reid. I'm I'm not going to bet against the Chiefs. I know you. It worked out for you when you took the Broncos a few weeks ago. Uh, they covered on Sunday Night Football, but uh, I'll take the Chiefs, and I think I feel really
0: optimistic about it. I'm going to take the Chargers. They're what? giving three and a half points. I Justin Herbert. I feel like is is going to be the Justin Herbert we saw earlier in the year when he's dropping dimes left, right, and center. I just I don't know. I like the Chargers. I like the uniforms. I hate Chad Henney. So we'll go with that. And then the last game, the Saints and the Panthers. Like I said about the Seahawks, the Saints can also get the number one seed if Seattle and Green Bay lose and the Saints beat the Carolina Panthers. They are giving six and a half.
1: I think the Saints win. I think the Saints cover and get ready for, again, my friend stats to love what I'm about to say. I think this might be not only the last win for the New Orleans Saints this season, but the last win for Drew Brees. Uh, speaking of the Premier League, you know on NBC. I mean, that's we know that Drew Brees is headed there sooner rather than later. I mean, I think the the Saints fall into that category with the Bucks, like not in the same way, but I, it would not shock me if it's if it's the Cardinals, for example, like if Kyler Murray had a hot game and beat them. And so, um, but it also wouldn't shock me if they're a team that you know beat the crap out of a team in the wild card round. But, I mean, all I know is the team that they beat the crap out of last year is a team that the Dallas Cowboys beat the crap out of. And so they can't be that good. Um, I mean, beating the crap out of somebody is beating the crap out of them. But um, this is this is a Saints win. and, And I'm very anxious to see what happens to them in the wild card round.
0: Nobody. And I mean, nobody blows more playoff games they should win with a Hall of Fame quarterback than Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints. And guess what? I think the exact same thing is going to happen. I'll take the Saints to cover in this game, but I agree with you. I don't think they're going to play more than one playoff game this year. And you can call me a Saints hater all you want because I've also been right the past two years. So leave me alone.
1: Um, Before we leave stats, what is your New Year's resolution?
0: It's New Year's Eve. I am resolving to be better in my picks because as you have brought up, I have been horrible since you joined the show. Wow. Uh, Well,
1: thank you um, for acknowledging that I'm really good at this. Uh, Mine is to read more and watch more things. I know that's not – and obviously, like, you know, more noble things. But I just, like, you know – I, I was thinking the other day, like my wife and I were trying to pick something to watch. There's so many things on my like list to watch. And it was like overwhelming how many things and I wanna watch them all. You know what I mean? But I wanna make time and, and I wanna make time for that relaxation and that that family time to to watch things together and to read. I love reading football books, don't get me wrong, but but read, you know, read a, a fictional novel every now and then. So read and and, and watch. I think you've set
0: yourself up for failure. I think you can read more or you can watch more, but you cannot do both because there's only 24 hours in a day, man. And if you got to pick one, I pick watch.
1: I made a, a, a notes app um, thing on my phone with all like my library of books and things I want to watch. And so now like that's eating at me. Every time I look at my phone, it's like, hurry up, check this off. And so, yeah, you're right. Maybe uh, I've set myself up for, uh, for failure. But I hope you have a
0: very happy New Year's, stats. Same to you. Hope everybody has a safe, happy, healthy New Year. Enjoy the games this week and we will be back next week for the playoffs, RJ. Go Cowboys. All right.